Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Get outside. This is KSL Outdoors, brought to you by Bear River Lodge. Two hours of stories and information on hunting, fishing, and high adventure. Our host is Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio. Well, it is nice to have you back with us here for a Saturday morning for another edition of KSL Outdoors Radio. And we are headed out and about today. It's nice to uh, not be alone in the studios of Broadcast House in downtown Salt Lake City this week. We're recording. Uh, as I am uh, expected to say, on a Thursday for your enjoyment here on a Saturday morning. But uh, Russ Smith is back with me from Sky Call after a road adventure that kept you out almost a month, weren't you? It was. Everybody tells me it was a full four weeks, but I don't think it was. But I'll take it. I'll take the four weeks, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But last time we talked with you, you were uh, pulled up over in Wyoming somewhere, I think. That had to be uh, when I was up on the Wood River. Mm Mm-hmm. Wood River Road. And you said it's close to what? Cody, Wyoming? Well, it's south of Cody, about 75 to 100 miles. And same, it's north of Lander, quite a ways. That was quite a, a couple of days. Uh, I, I had battles with RV parks. I wanted to get into an RV park. and Couldn't get in? You know, I don't know how, 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 I do not know how some people stay in business. They didn't answer their phones. There was nobody in the office. <laughs> oh, no. I, I, they had plenty of extra sites. I wonder why, hmm. you know. And then I finally, I said, okay. So I went over to Farson. I, I had to keep explaining to you where Farson is. I know. Farson is if you take the Rock Springs exit to go to Yellowstone. Okay. okay. I don't do that all that often. No, nobody does. It's just a certain segment of the yeah. country that does that. But that was a cutoff that we took. You reminded yeah. me when we went yeah. to Sturgis for the rally one year. Yeah. You go. You turn, you turn east there and you go over South Pass. Yeah. And... But you ought to see that parking lot now, Tim. <laughs> Remember what a mud hole it was when we were there? Yeah. They, they've really they've leveled it all out and put a lot of sand on top. Huh. Well, it's good to have you in studio. Yeah, it's good to be here. We've got a lot to talk about over the next few hours, and we'll also have the help of Navidomskis, who is back with us here. Navi, good morning. Good morning to you guys. Uh, great to have you this morning. And I, I ask you whether we could go into this conversation or not, and you've given me permission, but... Uh, you've been going through quite an ordeal over the past couple of weeks that uh, we have not shared with listeners, but yeah. it all started with a mosquito bite. And so with your permission, I think this is instructive for some of the listeners out there. Well, any of our listeners that really do anything in the outdoors, because one of the stories we've been doing fairly often on Utah's Morning News is the increase in the number of mosquitoes because of the additional water that we got, uh, especially in the spring. And you went sideways with a mosquito from, I think, your Middle Fork trip. Correct. Um, 
Got home the weekend, the Friday before um, President, not President, um, Pioneer Day, and the 24th, and over the 24th, my wife goes, what's that on your arm? I'm like, what? And it was a bubble, and she pushed on it and went, ow! Well, that thing got progressively worse and nearly killed me. So it turns out it's a mosquito bite, and I slapped it. It was on the backside of my forearm. I slapped it, and I kind of drug it across my arm, and, of course, it was a big bloody streak. And at that very moment, I did think, oh, my gosh, that needle is still in me from that mm-hmm. mosquito, and I didn't think any of it. Well, it got it really infected, and my arm became a balloon, and over a course of five days, I was in serious trouble because I had high fever and a balloon, red balloon for a red balloon for an arm. And they took me to the hospital and they, well, they went through sepsis protocols because they thought they were going to lose me or my arm. And then they were going to, they filled me with fluids because that's sepsis protocols. And then they go, well, we found it's a 10 inch abscess. We're going to, or 10 centimeter, we're going to cut it out. Surgery tomorrow, but with all the fluids they put in me, I had pulmonary edema. And so they took an x-ray and says, wow, we can't operate. And I go, what do you mean? I'm, I, I'm in here too long. This hurts. And they said, we've got to wait three, two or three more days until the, blood, the fluid goes out of your lungs or you'll die during anesthetic. So I said, nah, let's do this. So we did it without anesthetic. I was wide awake during the surgery. And, yes, it hurt. I mean, I don't need to answer that. It hurt probably more than anything. Like I said, never had childbirth, but I'm sure this was close. <laughs> yeah, pretty close, yeah. And, um, anyway, they they cut it and drained it, and, you know, and, and then, I don't know, I was six days in the hospital, well, seven days, six nights. But I'm fine now, and it, it's passed, and I had a pick line in me for, I don't know, a week or two. Uh, my wife's a nurse, as you know, and then... Yeah. The, the minute they pulled that pick line out, I had already, the motorhome was loaded, and we went, and then we were in Wyoming last week fishing and chilling, and I'm, I'm good to go now, Tim. So. Yeah. Well, and, and so that's why I was comfortable talking about it. I knew this was going on all the way through. But it started as cellulitis, and then they started worrying about uh, the sepsis side of it, yeah. if it wasn't under control. And what you didn't right. say is that they were running you through correct me if I'm wrong, a different antibiotic like every six hours just to try and find the silver bullet. Big guns, too. Um, Big level antibiotics and um, broad spectrum, and they were going right in me and IV as fast as they could get them in me. But the issue with an abscess, it doesn't have any veins or any kind of a blood flow. So it was not accessing the abscess that was in. They found it through an MRI. And once they got that lanced, everything was better from there. It took a while, but I'm good. Wow. Uh, but it all started with a mosquito bite. Yeah, right. it you got to wear Look, we have more mosquitoes than we've ever had in our history right now. You've got to wear mosquito repellent. Yeah. Well, and Russ was just saying on your trip, you, yeah. you got attacked too. Yeah, and I, I didn't think it was mosquitoes because it was so deep, big lumps in my arm. I could feel them, you know, and I'm saying, man, I, I, I better get to the emergency room and see what this is. Hmm. And my daughter said, that's just mosquitoes. I said, no, it's not. And she looked at it and said, because she lives there. Yeah. She says, that's mosquitoes. But it, you need to be aware of that, everyone, because that situation can happen so fast if it's, if it's ignored. Yeah. Uh, and we've had reports of at least a case of malaria, I know. And uh, we're not trying to scare anybody here, but... Just saying that uh, when we talk about not just wearing DEET to repel 
the uh, pesky little guys, but uh, wear shirts that can also help you uh, stay out of uh, situations where you expose yourself unnecessarily to a lot of mosquito bites because there can be problems, obviously. But cellulitis is dangerous. Yeah. And you can get it in a lot of different ways. Just something gets in through your skin and takes over, and, and it can be handled if it's handled quickly, you know, and resolved. But, boy, if you go a long time with it, it 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 goes fast. Yeah. Navi, did they uh, say anything? I mean, was it uh, because you were in such a wilderness area there on the uh, Middle Fork, or would that have mattered at all? Well, they, the epidemiologist and um, I had a doctor from Salt Lake who's a infectious disease specialist. He came up from Salt Lake because of it was a mosquito. They were very interested in where I got it and what day I everything. And it was the middle fork of the salmon. And, you know, you're wet. My arms are wet. I might have put mosquito repellent on, but it washes off pretty easy when you're, you know, rowing rivers and fly fishing. Yeah, but they were really interested in the location for sure because they didn't know what it was. You know, they mosquito people were all over this for sure. So, did you have long sleeves on? Did did they go through the sleeves? No, I, I didn't okay. wear long sleeves. So I was wearing shirts that could get wet and dry fast, yeah, and they were yeah. all short sleeves. And it was good heavens, it was ninety five degrees. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we, again, we don't throw that out there to freak anybody out, no, but uh, just one careful. more reason why you want to protect yourself in the outdoors against uh, some little pests like mosquitoes who love me for some yeah, reason. Yeah, I don't know why. They love me. Best friend. You're so sweet, Tim. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Um, did you make contact with our mapping friend? Yes. And she's going to join us today? Yes, Ariana is going to wait for your call. All right, so we'll look forward to that. Ariana's going to join us. She's been on with us once before, and we'll talk about what she's been up to in the next half hour. We'll have some fish bites from Navidonskis. Actually, I just posted pictures, Navi, of uh, two new state records when it comes to spear fishing. One's big and one's really tiny. We'll share <laughs> we'll share those with you coming up on our News of the Week. And then a surprise for Navidonskis. Big news from Deer Valley Ski Resort today. We'll tell you about it next. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to KSL Outdoors Radio. Time for uh, a little news of the week here, but I kind of want to finish up our conversation because, Russ, you asked a question during the commercial break uh, that you didn't get to finish with Navi on the subject of mosquitoes, but it's one that's a fair one to ask. Yeah, where do you put the, if you're wearing long sleeves, what do you spray, your skin or the sleeves or both? And my answer is this, uh, there are different levels of mosquito repellent. 
and and they basically are about how much DEET is in them. And the one that I'd use the most, especially when I'm in Alaska, when I'm floating rivers and things, is I use the clothing-only level mosquito repellent. It's It's got higher levels of DEET. It can't really go on your skin, very irritating to your skin. But if you put it on your clothes, and before I leave to go to Alaska, I spray literally all my clothes. And I not only have long sleeves, I have fleece because it's quite cold, but my hats mostly get sprayed. And then I have a buff, which I keep around my neck to keep the heat in, and I, I put it up over my nose, you know, when it's extra sunny. But if you put it on your face, you did get no mosquitoes because the volume of DEET is so high that it wafts up, up and the mosquitoes just stay the heck away completely. But, like I say, you got to buy it and know that it's for clothing only. And you can't get it on your fly line. There's only two kinds of fly line that are DEET resistant. If you get DEET on your fly line, it just melts it all over you. Really? Yep. That'll make you feel good about putting it on your skin after you watch your fly line melt. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's good information, though. I'm glad you asked the question. Uh, we've got fish bites coming up in the next half hour with you, but I just want to make mention of something that our listeners can see if they go to our Facebook page at KSL Outdoors Radio. A couple of spear fishing records. One was taken by Max Mater from Syracuse. He caught an Arctic grayling at Sand Lake, and it was a record at eight and a half inches, weighing two ounces, and it was four inches in girth. Tiny guy. But imagine hitting that <laughs> with a spear gun. I can't imagine. Uh, well, this spear fishing phenomenon, there's a whole lot of records that haven't been set. So any grayling true. taken with a spear fish is probably the first in history. Yeah. So. Now let's go to the other end of the spectrum here because Shelby Peterson from Springville uh, caught a record striped bass. The uh, fish weighed 24 pounds, 6 ounces, was 41 and an eighth inches long, and 22 and three-quarter inches in girth. Look at that one, Russell. 41 inches. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, uh, what's interesting about the new law, and it was really fun talking to Faith Jolly last week about this, because, yeah. you know, I do a little spearfishing in the ocean, and it's completely illegal to have a scuba outfit. But the fact that they allow scuba spearfishing makes total sense. Because you can get down, like, where those, those stripers are going to be deep, probably got them in pal, but you can't snorkel deep enough to get stripers. So True. it's pretty interesting and actually probably going to be very effective for the, for the you know, invasive species. I know the more we talked about it with Faith, the more I thought that would be kind of a kick yeah. just to go down right. there and see what you could see. Um, all right, and then I mentioned, and this announcement came just as we're talking about 90 minutes ago. We're recording on Thursday uh, they made an announcement, and I was invited to go up to uh, Deer Valley to be there live when they did it. I wish I could have, but uh, there's a big expansion coming. We've seen, Navi, that uh, work that's being done on the U.S. 40 side uh, over there by uh, Jordan, right. Jordanelle. Well, they're making it official, and they are going to double the amount of skiable acres at Deer Valley, believe it or not, with this expansion. They're calling it Expanded Excellence, and uh, they're going to... Develop and operate 3,700 acres of new skiable terrain to completely be integrated into the existing resort with some new skier services, a new village, a portal that will be accessed on that Highway 40 side, and 16 new chairlifts. Can you believe that? Yeah, um, I've seen some of what's going on over there. You know, um, I don't know a lot about it, but there's some kind of intel that, you know, the U.S. military had some contracts on that mountain. So they have built some lodges and facilitated some of that 
region, and there is speculation that they're going to allow snowboarding in that region. Really? Completely speculative, and I'm not a fan because, you know, not that I don't like snowboarding. It's just one thing that Deer Valley offers is a place for no snowboarders, which makes it really nice. Yeah, so and it'll I, be interesting to see what they do. Well, I can just tell you right now that that's a rumor for sure, but it's nowhere in this press release. Uh, no, yeah. And I would think they'd roll out that information if that was the case. The other thing is if they allowed – Snowboarders on one side, but it uh, is integrated to the existing resort. That'd be a bit of a nightmare. To, Absolutely, to try and that's keep snowboarders dilemma. on that's one why there's side. There's no announcement. But yeah, rumors. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I'd leave it in the rumor category. Along with that, sixteen new chairlifts, though. Uh, Ten passenger gondola is going to go up. Ski, wow. ski access across South Peak, Park Peak, Big Dutch, Pioche, and the uh, Hail Mountains on the east side of Deer Valley's Bald Mountain. That's the uh, terrain that we always call the mayflower side right but uh, they're going to have to find some more parking too i mean really if you're going to add all of those all of that acreage uh where does the parking come from that seems to be the popular question and the big conundrum these days so anyway that information just rolled out like 90 minutes ago before we jumped on to record so there it is i have reached out to deer valley and hopefully uh we'll hear from them coming up Christine Spinkston, I think, has taken over as their uh, head of communications up there. So we'll see if we can make that connection for you and share more information when it uh, becomes available. Another break. We'll come back. And when we do, I keep saying map gal. (laughs) We'll uh, talk with your contact coming up here in a few minutes. Stay with us. More of KSL Outdoors just around the corner. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.